Local Life podcast. If it matters to you, it matters to me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Local Life with me, your host, William Doyle. Today I'm here with Lewis Clark, formerly of Connections, now working at Easy Learning in Grey's Essex. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Nice Will. to talk to you. Sorry, hello. Nice to talk to you also. Are you okay? <clears throat> yeah, I'm good. Um, it's been been a while since we've met, actually, because I, I, I've known you for quite a few years now. About 14 years, I think, the first time we met. I think you were in my mum's class. That's right, treetops. Um, I yeah. think you were in a sixth form class. Three, Jill Wingham. Two, three years, yeah. wasn't it? I'm sure she's got some horror stories oh, of, uh, <laughs> of, of me. None of the sort, Will. She, she thinks nothing but highly of you. She uh, she really does. When I told you I'd seen you after a while, she was really, really pleased. And she asked how you were. She's still at Treetops. She's still yeah. at Treetops, still in the sixth form. And she's, um, it's such a lovely place to be at. Um, I think so. Yeah. And I, I tend to still, I've still a lot of contact with Treetops. And yeah. I've had my students there working with students at treetops and i've gone there to do things oh that's good and um, i think you're right i think the environment at treetops is lovely and yeah. i think that like, yeah as you say it's the first place i met you i remember you coming to my studio at connections that's and, correct in graves yeah in, you know and it's uh, and it was lovely to see that you come to work with dean and his crew as well um so talking of connections what happened there because that's no longer around is it no i think the connection service now i think it's called inspire i know it's called the inspire hub and um, I believe that Thorough Council still run the service, but yep. um, I think it's, it's slightly different to how it was when I worked there. I worked there primarily as a, uh, as a personal advisor and careers advisor, but I also used to, as you know, run the recording studio there as well. It, had, it was a great little space to be able to do like everything you wanted musically and you know, had the recording booth, pretty much like where we are now with easy learning, with all this equipment. Yeah, I think it was very. It was. It was vibrant. I always sort of uh, say to people, there's a lot of uh, YouTube videos of me in the studio, and we had uh, your Thoric used to come by quite a lot and That's record right. us. Yeah. And um, and it's quite nice to look at. I look at myself as a younger man, but you know, <laughs> it's a vibrant place. And this is why I think it's wonderful that 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 Dean and Dan and the guys are doing what they do because, it, as you know, you know, music's a big passion of mine, and it's. I, I like to see people taking it to the people, taking it to the community yeah. and allowing them to do things, whether it's music, whether it's podcasts, whether it's DJing, all these different things. It's, it's amazing. It's fantastic. So do, do you know what happened to all the equipment at uh, Connections? Because there don't. was quite a lot of it, wasn't there? Yeah, it was in that, like, in that little uh, attic area at the top, wasn't it? It was. And I think last time I'd spoken to anyone about the, um, the area was about three years ago and they told me the equipment was still there. But oh, I don't really? think it's being used. Did you not take anything with you? When no. Oh, when we applied for the funding, we, we applied as part of the organisation. So yeah. it wasn't my equipment. It was uh, when myself and I don't know if you do you remember Chris Burgess? When Chris and I applied for the funding, um, we applied for it as part of our organisation. So right. although we we got the funding for it, we didn't own any of it personally. So no, none of oh, it okay. came with us. We just kept our own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all still up there. As far as yeah. I know, it was three, four years ago, I was told it was still up there. So it may still be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, some really good equipment there. I remember we had the, um, at the time, you know, it was it was quite new at the time, but we had a Tascam DM3200 desk and right. we were running it through, we were using Pro Tools through G5, uh, TL, TL Audio compressors and we had some nice equipment. Like you say, we had the big anechoic 
uh, recording booth. That's and, right, yeah. Which was really nice recording booth. It was. You did all, all sorts there, like um, you had musicians coming in, didn't you? Like yeah, guitars and we had there was stuff there. I think the booth was there already when we first started using it. But Chris and I managed to get twenty thousand pound funding to to buy a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. So we had yeah, as you say, we well, I think we had a Korg Trinity keyboard in there, and we had some really nice guitars and basses and a lovely. So what um, what caused connections to sort of um end and then made you want to move over here i i I think it was something i needed to how long ago was it now i left connections in uh, 2010 so 11 years ago now so i think i needed to find my own route and path and i worked at harris academy for seven years i worked with um young people with behavior issues there um and i also used to do martial arts sessions and music sessions at harris academy also I, i actually applied for funding for their studio Alongside applying for funding for uh, Treetop Studio as well. Have they got um, one there? Yeah, they? They, I think I managed. We managed to secure a five grand funding for both studios. So oh, okay. Uh, and Treetops actually had the DM thirty two hundred Tascam desk as well. So a really oh, well. nice recording desk. And do they still use that there? Um, I don't think they use it as much as they'd like to. Um, I I think they use some of the drum kits and the guitars and things yeah. like that. But I think the actual recording equipment tends to be something they don't use quite so much. Uh, because um, a lot of um, a lot of the students at treetops are quite non-vocal so absolutely to be able to just make noise and be creative that way is uh well i think the you know the old wingham as i call it jill she's uh she tends to do a lot of um drum based percussion based uh, music with her students yeah so she's got a lot of um uh, bongos she's got things oh, right. like a steel drums yeah stuff like that i actually set up her um electronic drum kit for her recently she was given a, a an acoustic kit recently okay and i also gave her a couple of my old zoom uh, drum machines which she uses as well so it's exactly oh, right. what you say it's a lot of the percussion stuff's really good with the non-verbal students because yeah. it gives them that opportunity to be very expressive and uh, and they're doing lovely stuff there with their students and music so how did you end up at easy learning so i left harris academy Four years ago now, and I set up um, Evolve Youth Academy, where I worked with young people who weren't in mainstream education. And then uh, we moved to this site in 2018. And we've got things like we've got our gym. Um, We had set up our own little recording studio, but I was primarily running um, mainstream, or sorry, young people weren't in mainstream education, but of compulsory education age, I was working with them, providing them with their education. Um, skip forward a few years I uh, uh, my business partner Alex um, on his Facebook page was um, something about you know this guy Dean Plunkett and easy learning I thought okay my wife was telling me my wife Livia was saying oh look look at some of these people don't you know them from treetops you know people in their 30s now who I knew when they were 14, 15 yeah. and I said oh this is an interesting guy so being as I am I did a little bit of research asked Alex a few questions what's this guy like and what's he doing Alex informed me what Dean was up to, and we set up a meeting. And I think initially we were just specifically looking at working together, applying for funding, running some sessions together. And then as time went by, you know, skip forward literally maybe a month or two after our first meeting. Seems like you're a perfect fit, really. Yeah, and Dean's in my building, and Dean's, that's it. And Dean was with us, and like I say, you know, my main uh, job role is I... 
I run the um, Evolve Education Services, so it's the Evolve You've got quite company. a lot over here, haven't you? Like, aside from the music, you've got, like, as you say, the Evolve Youth Academy, you've got the gym, yep. and isn't there um, an auto? We have. We've got Alivo, which is our mechanics project as yep. well, and that's my um, my business partner, Alex. He he runs Alivo, so he does the automotive uh, tuition, he does the automotive qualifications, um, very skillful mechanic, and... We we yeah we we're in a, in a position where we're trying to offer as much as we can to to the community authority. I think everyone that works here was brought up in the area. You know, we get a lot of business. Yeah, we yeah. it's from different angles as well. You know, so we have young people here that um, are not able to access mainstream education. So we work with them to get them their qualifications and give them their tuition. Um, Dean is obviously full up all the time with people working with him. Alex, the same thing. We you get a lot of young people want to do mechanics. Yeah. You get a lot the evolved gym. We have a lot of young people using that because we have a lot of weights over there. But we also have the boxing ring and we also have the martial arts opportunities with the bags. So so is it more um more creative and physical stuff you do rather than academic. Both, to be honest with you. I mean, we, we also offer GCSEs and A-levels and we offer vocational qualifications. We offer adult education. So our, our qualifications go from entry level up to level five. So we offer management qualifications and things like that also. So it, it, we kind of go where the where the tide goes. You yeah. know? If, if so if anyone wanted to sort of, um, if anyone's interested in any of those sort of, um, whether it's at the gym or music... Yeah. How would they get in contact with you? So the best way, I think, I mean, we have a website, www.evoeducate.com. Um, a lot of our contact information is on there. But also the best thing is to maybe drop me an email, admin at evolveya.com. Um, and people can contact me and find out about our services. And we are we are attempting to provide as many services to our community as possible. And we're trying to do it with... The least cost as possible. That's what I was going to say. Is it like on a voluntary basis or? We, we do because we run privately. We have, you know, we are commissioned by people to do work. But ideally, once we get into the position where we're doing it the way we want to do it, we want to do everything through funding. Yeah. So that what happens then is anyone can access what we do, but they don't have to pay for it. We can either be funded by the government or we can be funded by um, funding agencies and I think the gym is free of charge at the moment we don't charge to use the gym you know we have a communication process there there are obviously protocols and, and procedures yeah. to, to people who can use the gym but the gym is free of charge and we work you know we've got um, looked after young people use the gym we've got young adults use the gym we've got um, special education needs people so treetop score are going to be using our gym on Monday and Thursday every okay. week Um we have um, unaccompanied asylum seekers that use our gym. So people from Eritrea, Sudan, places like that. So we're really trying to... Open to everyone. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and keep it. And I think that exactly what you just said a moment ago, the fact that Dean and Dan are here doing what they do with Easy Learning, the music provision, the, the positive activities they do with the, the people they work with. We've got a gentleman called Richard who's going to be working with us soon. He's going to be offering more visual media so it'd be photography and oh excellent yeah absolutely he's going to be setting up here soon and i think we are you know we're looking at expansion but we're looking at expansion so that we can involve as many people as possible i think as you say um visually and in terms of film um 
the film industry at the moment they require more people with learning difficulties. They need, they want to be more open and have more diversity. I think that's that you, and that's the key phrase, diversity. I think the 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 great thing about what we've got here is, like I say, Dean's clientele weren't. You know, I remember when I was at the studio, I worked with everyone, but you often find it was pretty able young people who were able to come by themselves and they were you know maybe lived independently or maybe they're in a situation where they um were able to be more independent whereas you know some of some of dean's clientele they're people that that need to be assisted they might live in assisted accommodation they might have people that help them throughout their lives and that's fantastic that they can access a provision like this. It's fantastic that they come come in and feel part of their community because and they're the, they're the ones who've got a, a unique story to tell as well. So if you you're allowing them to tell that story to be creative and and I think the thing is, well, is that you know there's many factions of our community and society who who are not seen, and the reason they're not seen is because maybe they don't have that ability to be more vocal. Maybe they don't have that ability to be independent. Maybe they need that assistance. That maybe they need people to be their voice for them. And I think you know, if you look at what Easy Learning are doing, it is being a voice for those people. And if you look at a lot of the people that Dean's working with, they are people with special educational needs. They are people who may have disabilities, and those people and they're able to be have independence. They're able to be part of the community. They're able to be part of the society. And it's much like people like Richard. Richard does a lot of work with the black and ethnic minorities groups. Again, people are often marginalised within society, not seen, not given the opportunity that others are. And I think that if that's something we can do here, where we can be, you know, bring people with behaviour issues who usually maybe they're excluded, maybe they're not seen, bring people with educational needs or disabilities bring people from ethnic backgrounds who are marginalized if we can bring everyone together and build our community what a wonderful thing and on that note i think it's a good way to end it really um i think my last question is one that i ask all my guests and that is what is your favorite song of all time my favorite song of all time the original version of hurt by nine inch nails um and you know you and i have had conversations before about this song and uh we both know the Johnny Cash version. Well, I thought he sung it originally, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, I, and I think a lot of people do. And in fairness to Johnny Cash, Trent Reznor, who wrote the song, he comes out and has said that it's no longer his baby because someone has taken that song. Because The lyrics even relate to Johnny Cash in a way and like coming to the end of his life. and 100%. And it is, I think it's about his faith. It's about, as you say, his life. It's about his Christianity. And it was originally written about heroin abuse and it was written about Trent Reznor how he was at the 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 nadir of his life you know he was at that worst point and he couldn't see a way forward and I think that those lyrics are so powerful that as you say they can take on a different meaning depending on who interprets those lyrics and I think Johnny Cash did a wonderful job I mean I I often have that song on the same playlist twice. So I have the original version and the Johnny It can Cash be quite version. depressing at times. <laughs> it, it's one of the most depressing songs ever written, I think. And yeah. if, I would say to people, it's on the uh, Nine Inch Nails album, the 1994 album, The Downward Spiral. And it's the very last song of that album, an album called The Downward Spiral. Oh, okay. And I think it sort, of, yeah, yeah. it sort of illustrates the fact that it is a very depressing song. The original lyrics are very downbeat. Um... But do you know what? The Johnny Cash version, I think in many ways, it can be quite uplifting. It's almost like it's someone taking stock of their life and 
perhaps looking at mistakes, but also looking at about well, what did I do that was right? What did I do that was good? And he's taken a song that was purely about um, being in a situation of, of having addiction, being in a situation of not being able to see a way forward, when actually, well, my life might come to an end soon, but this is what I've done. And I think that, yeah, you know, like I say, the original version is my favourite song of all time, but the, in, the interpretation of it, it was, was so fantastic that it brought new life to it. To the fact, you know, the creator of the song turned around and said, it's not my baby anymore. It belongs to someone else now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Lewis Clark, thank you for talking to me. Thank you very much, Will. You've been listening to the Local Live Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe.